0: Welcome to 21 for 21, the podcast that brings you all the latest news on sports and the media in the 21st century. Now this is the second part of last week's episode where we gave you a bit of an introduction into NFTs and fan tokens in the sports industry and how the technology actually works. And this week we're going to look further into what that really means for sports fans, and if you're interested in getting in on the NFT NFT craze, where you can look and what types of things that are already available. So that's the second part of our interviews with Joe Downey from Nicehash and Philip Harold from Fanzone, as well as a looking at a case study with Fran Wild from MotoGP. Now, in our second episode, me Stuart Levy, our sports marketer, we and Jamie, who is our Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Who is ours? Sorry, I'm a I'm a
2: sports journalist here in uh, in Barcelona.
0: Yeah. So in episode episode two, which is already uh, a few few weeks ago now, we looked at the rise of of women's football uh, and that the different ways in which they're using less traditional broadcasting, uh, less traditional broadcasters to bring their game to a wider audience. Uh, so we spoke in that second episode about. Uh, the Burnley women who are streaming their games on TikTok they were getting pretty high attendance figures uh, pretty high viewing figures on, on TikTok bearing in mind this is a women's third division game uh, so they launched their season on on TikTok against Nottingham Forest women who Forest women themselves then played in the main men's stadium the world famous city ground against Derby on the weekend and it got four and a half thousand fans in the stadium which you think was the world record for a women's third division game, which is pretty impressive, Jamie.
2: Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, Barca women played at the Camp no last year, but still in in pandemic COVID times and they weren't allowed a, an attendance. Um, so it's it's nice to see that attention that women's football is getting, especially in the UK, as it's hitting uh, BBC and Sky and it, it's getting you know, out there on, on public TV or um, on open TV even. Such as the BBC. Uh, similarly, the UEFA Women's Champions League kicked off this week, and uh, as we mentioned in episode two, that's all going to be every single match is going to be broadcast live and then available on demand on YouTube, thanks to a deal that UEFA, YouTube, and the Zone have uh, reached to bring the Women's Champions League to to the world. And basically, they've got this this idea that mean uh, their their slogan is kind of all oh, more eyes, we all rise. And it's it's this idea that the more exposure the sport gets, the better for everyone. And I think that's absolutely true. Um, and, you know, we saw quite a large number of people watching those uh, matches live. And, and then later on, catch up on YouTube. I'm going to sort of look to, to Stuart because he's got, I think, the numbers in front of him. But certainly the biggest fixtures, Stuart, were were Wolfsburg-Chelsea.
0: Yeah, so- And Barcelona, Arsenal. So um, obviously, Wolfsburg, Chelsea. So Wolfsburg have won it two or three times. The Women's Champions League, and and Chelsea were last year's um, last year's beat beaten finalists. So we saw um, about three hundred thousand total viewers for Chelsea and Wolfsburg in both English and German on the Zone YouTube. And then Barcelona v Arsenal, which had the interest of. Uh, Barcelona, as as last season's champions, and Arsenal, who are traditionally one of the powerhouses in in women's sport in, in England, got almost five hundred thousand yeah. streams. Wow, I so
2: half a million streams worldwide is is very impressive, really, for uh, for this I mean, little just, it, women's sport that that allegedly no one uh, cares about. So, yeah, it's, it's just ma- match day I one
0: think. as well. So this this is only gonna gonna grow. I think a day or two before. The first match day, Adidas became the title sponsor of this of this idea of DAZN on on YouTube. So, yeah, the the numbers are going, um, are only going to rise, and it's it's pretty, it is impressive for the for the first week that the combined views, um, or fifty five thousand subscribers, uh, and yeah, the, the combined views, uh, it's this several, several million. So, it it really is good good, good good to see, and I'm sure we'll all be tuning in in, in the following weeks.
2: Yeah, definitely, and and there's some big big matches still to come. Certainly, the the home legs of those those two matches will be uh, interesting. Seeing Barca competing against Arsenal at the Emirates, and um, you know Chelsea and Wolfsburg, the clash very much clash of the Titans. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, of course it's the first year of of the women's group stage as well. So again, it's it's a new yeah, thing it, that we're new able to, to the see competition these...
2: So yeah, it's, it's good that there's more more matches in that sense. Sorry, I'm speaking did. over you, Stuart.
0: No, it's the, the I com- opportunity.
2: I commentated the the Barca Arsenal match with a former Arsenal goalkeeper, and uh, so I had a great time on Tuesday night <laughs> uh, <laughs> doing that match. And, and and you know Arsenal so far are unbeaten in the the Women's Super League. Uh, they're top of the, the top of the table, and uh, Barca. I have to say ran ran rings around them. Sorry to any Gunners fans out there.
0: Yeah, know it is really interesting to see um we're probably on uh a, the a, the strength of women's football leagues in different countries can be a whole whole different topic but um you know arsenal there, in barcelona i guess and unbeaten in the spanish league i think as well this year yeah, yeah so it's two they've unbeaten not, they've not had a goal
2: difference not had a goal difference than less than five goals
0: oh gosh so, they're uh, thrashing teams each week so what? um yeah it's definitely an exciting time if you're a barcelona femini. did i pronounce that correctly fast a feminine fan
2: yeah and there are plenty of them and and they're very passionate as well these uh the women's football fans it's, i'm just gonna let that i in the past but yeah no it's it's nice to see this kind of big community rising around around women's football because you know there's there's no reason why it couldn't grow into being just as big a sport as uh as men's football and and getting that kind of audience and viewership so and yeah. you know for me, the more competition, the more football, the better. I think that's the of course. So yeah. this week, as Stuart mentioned before, we are going to return to uh, crypto currencies, NFTs, fan tokens, everything um, that we learned about on last week's episode, which was sort of a part one to this episode, and and it was absolutely enlightening. We learned, I don't know well about you, Stuart, but I, I kind of went into it completely blind, and I really enjoyed learning about all these different um you know the ways that fan tokens and nfts can work and what it can offer the fans and and you know researching it as well there's so much there that i had no idea about just just two weeks ago so
0: yeah no it's certainly certainly the same i think what we hope to get out of joe and philip in in part one was a bit of a introduction into into how the how things work and what their particular companies actually do and what we're about to bring you today is how it might work for for the for the fans, everyday fans, and how the the idea of this, this is still such at the, the very very beginning of such a technology hitting the, the mainstream. I said the non fungible tokens NFTs might be only a, a mainstream or a popular phrase in, within the last year or so, but we've re- really got a, a far greater understanding of how they're here to stay and, and they will be talked about for as part of the everyday experience for years and years to come.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I, we're going to hear it now, I know. But there was a, a quote from um, Philip that, that you're going to hear, which was sort of he explained that, that they're not taking anything away from the sport, because I think from a fan perspective, that's always a bit of a worry is that, you know, what's this going to do to the sport? Is this kind of, you know, when when VAR came in, for example, it was a new technology that came into the sport and people kind of worried about it ruining the the flow of the game or the the entertainment and arguably there's still issues with with var that that they're ironing out but philip sort of talked about nfts and he says you know we're not looking to take away any of the passion actually we're looking to inject even more passion and and allow fans to take that passion with them forever essentially and and remember it in a way that's unique to them
0: yeah i mean the, the nft it's a digital collectible you're right it doesn't influence the game it doesn't influence what's actually happening on on the pitch you can still enjoy this 90 90 minute match 11 11 players on each side this is just something to remember that particular event or the player by in the same way that match programs or or scarves or um collectible badges have been for, for generations before
2: yeah and and i think fran certainly echoed that in her interview as well when she spoke about the MotoGP fan tokens and NFTs, which, which we'll hear about in just tomorrow's time. But she really said that that was a, a way for passionate fans to really invest in the sport that they love and really uh, double down on that, on that passion. So, yeah, let's uh, kick off then by heading back to Joe Downey, who is going to talk to us about the valuations and, and how what fans can do with NFTs.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the fan tokens is a very interesting aspect to it. Uh, because this is not uh, the same, because it's they essentially give something to the, um, the fans in the sense that they're like a membership. So, as well as being a cryptocurrency, they're, they're also like a membership token. Um, but the difference being your membership is tied to uh, the token that can be exchanged or sold on later. So, it gives you more than like a traditional uh, membership. In the sense so it's not the same as gambling like within with nfts in a sense where they're much more speculative the fan tokens are a little bit more tied to the club and they're more tied to the actual fans and the you can give discounts for example with them for merchandise or for tickets or you can give uh, access to special areas of the stadium or access to special events um, by holding this this token so it gives uh, it's quite different in that sense
0: you know i think i I did I did see that. So you're right. I think for the, you have the Barcelona fan token and you get to vote on, I think it was something like the message on the captain's armband or I think the Arsenal one, it was if you have an, the Arsenal fan token, it allows you to choose which music is played when the team score. So I guess a fan token, it is a crypto rather than an Arsenal fan investing in Bitcoin. You should invest in an Arsenal fan token because it gets them that little bit of extra connection to to arsenal to their club
2: yeah um when we yeah, MotoGP, the engagement, yeah. yeah MotoGP, they sort of said it's it's reinforcing that that belief and that passion that you have for the sport as a fan as well you know it's giving you almost a stake in in the in the fan you know in the in the sport
3: yeah exactly i think it's uh, i think the fan tokens are very cool to be honest i think it's um a really interesting way for if you like, if you have it, if you compare it to the traditional membership, okay, you get uh, invited to some events or you get uh, different perks. But from the, the fan token point of view, there's a lot more you can do with it. There's so many, so much more you can add value to that for your fans.
1: And we're only at the beginning, right? This is just getting started. The usage and the utility of NFTs are just getting started right now. And yes, there's there's a lot of money thrown around. I mean, we we've seen that in the last two weeks. There's fanatics so rare and uh dapper labs who i think collectively um now got a valuation of um i think like 20 million uh 20 billion sorry 20 billion yeah yeah, oh, yeah. value at 20 billion hello what's happening here well that's brilliant i love it it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's it's a tech space that's that everyone can trust in because it's so transparent definitely I want to I
2: ask, sorry, Stuart.
0: <laughs>
1: go ahead, go ahead. I, I want to ask, so we're talking a lot about the
2: technology side of things, and it seems that a lot of of tech fans, a lot of uh, perhaps people that have already traded uh, cryptocurrencies that maybe have some understanding of the blockchain are very excited about this sort of thing. You call yourself a businessman. So I want to know how you're bringing fans into the mix. What how, what are the barriers for fans? Uh, why would a fan perhaps buy something? And... and What's, how, how do you market to fans? Because to me, the, this seems, certainly the gamified side of it, it seems little more than fantasy football. So what's the kind of, the way that you're selling this to, to a fan like myself who uh, has very little background knowledge of crypto or blockchain or, or, or NFTs? That's
1: a, that's a brilliant question. That's actually something that, that, that we discuss a lot about at the moment, is what seems to be we're on that, on that moment in time now where it, it's it's taken out of the shadow, out of the crypto expert niche, out of the crypto world, where op- obviously NFTs have been traded for the past three, four years, right? Crypt- crypto kitties are, what, four years old now? Um, so we're, we're at that moment in time. So I think there's, there's two levels how I can answer this. One is usability and, and user experience. So for example, at FanZone, we, we uh, were immediately sure we need an Android app and we need an iOS app, right? It needs to be easily downloadable. Yes, you can connect your, your, your crypto wallet to it, but you don't need to. Not if, not, if you're not interested in the NFT side of things, if you don't want to extract it and take it to your wallet, you, you'll just leave it on the FanZone server. You just leave it on there. That's fine. So it's, it's an easy two-factor authorization at the beginning. It's, it's not, you, do, you do not need to connect your metaverse uh, sorry, your your um, MetaMask wallet or your your Bit uh, Bit uh, uh, your Coinbase wallet, or whatever they are. You just log in, email address, two factor authorization, done. That's step one, right? It needs to be accessible. The hurdles need to be reduced. That's one. And then two is, and Jamie, I, I agree with you a lot. There. Is it fantasy gaming, fantasy sports? Now, now that the little picture that I see on my screen now is an NFT, what does that even mean? Right. That's that's exactly the question. That's why the technology is only the basis of it all. The technology is not the business model. The technology is, again, it's a database approach. How boring is that? Right. That's not marketable. So ultimately, um, the the only question is, what is the what is the utility? That's the magic word. What is the utility of the NFT? What can I do with the NFT? Does it give does it? get me anywhere. Do, will I get digital asset assets? Will I get digital access to things that that I, that I didn't get before? or connection to the physical world? do I get access to things that I didn't get before? And that can be numerous things, right? It can be play to earn games. Can I win money with this? can I I've seen I've seen approaches where if you own this NFT by November thirtieth, you will get invited to the game. You will get access to a barbecue with the athlete, whatever it is. And I think what it what the NFTs can do once people understand that they are not dependable on the single game, they are not dependable on on uh, on the single server. Is that the, that when you buy an NFT, let's let's stay in the fantasy fantasy sports section. When you buy a, the striker from La Liga or Premier League or the Bundesliga or wherever. That even if, let's say you do it at fanzor.io, uh, touch wood, Fanzo.io, I don't know, goes bankrupt next month or, or we get bought or something or the platform disappears, that NFT is still there. That's going to survive. It's going to be there forever. But again, I think from a market perspective, we need to show that, that that's the case, that that's the brilliance, that it will stay. That the asset stays true, even if, if if the the issue or the original creator is not part of the game anymore.
3: The gamification aspect of it is really interesting because it's, um, yeah, you can do it with so many things. You can do it with almost anything. You can gamify the the process of of doing something. So then the collecting becomes a whole different a different thing. It's not even collecting anymore. It's it's like a game or speculating. Uh, we see it a lot with video games, of course. Uh, people. Uh, video game makers they are making uh nfts into it uh, directly into their platforms so you when you're in the game you get and you can win an nft or find one things like this okay and and so this makes be it like really, a unique, really a, a unique for... item
0: sort of a weapon or...
3: exactly yeah yeah
0: and would you say yeah, right. so with as jamie was saying so so if somebody were to now buy a robert lewandowski nft and sell it when it might double in value when he retires in two or three years' time? Do you see investments in NFTs and crypto, again, being considered as gambling in in some ways, by, by some regulators perhaps?
3: Yeah, I think in, in some ways it's it can be seen like this. Um, yeah, there's lots of different aspects to it, uh, to the investing side of, of crypto. With the NFTs at the moment, it is it's, it's very... Much like like gambling, because it's very very loose in in a sense. But we we do start to see uh, regulations coming in for crypto, which I think is going to be beneficial in the in the long term. Uh, because it's when you when you start some some new technology, there's no sort of uh, rules or no. or yes. it's, it's very difficult for people to invest a lot of money if you don't know what's going to happen to that. Uh, you know if it gets completely banned or something, then you don't want to invest a lot of money into yeah. it. Uh, with crypto, we've seen it's it's not the case. It's here to stay. It's become so big. And there's so many companies involved in it. There's so much money into it. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of here to stay. But uh, for things like NFTs, that there's, there will probably come at some point some, some rules for it. It's a little bit like we see with uh, gambling.
2: So is there so- maybe an element of, of sort of community building for sports NFT owners or... Is there sort of an element there of, you know, if, if I don't have an NFT, I kind of, I'm lacking an investment in that world almost. But everyone that owns, I don't know, Bundesliga NFTs or even just football NFTs in general, they've all got this kind of vested interest in, in interacting in in that world. Is that maybe perhaps part of the moving
1: forward? To me, to me, community to build, yeah. To, no, <laughs> you, you I, I agree with you 100%. To me, the key to success in, in any in any world is community building. It's all about the community. That's why we are we are called Fan Zone. That's why we have a zone approach where fans from different sports, from different verticals, from different zones can interact because we're never only just a fan of one thing, right? Maybe we're a rugby fan, but we also like football, but we also watch the Olympics. We also watch figure skating. I don't know, right? It's, it's always something. And the network effects that we can get from different different sports coming into one platform is, is the key to me and we will see from 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 a from a life technology life cycle of how it evolves i think we will see amazing things where at the moment obviously the 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 intellectual property the ip is key right if you want if you want a Lionel messi nft from his barcelona times you need to speak to la liga or barcelona if you want i don't know diego maradona's hand of god you need to speak to fifa at some point i think it will it will shift a little towards who's got the biggest community, who's got the most interesting things, right? When we look at what happened to TikTok, they're the, they're the quickest of all the social medias to hit the 1 billion users, right? The quickest ever. At first, they started with, with good content. Now the good content comes to them. So the ties have shifted somehow. And oh, I so think it, we will see the same.
0: Yeah, so it's for the, so we, we saw in the, um... Uh, early this week you guys were uh, pep, talking about linking up with uh, vfl wolfsburg frauen uh, the, the women's team there so you mean that you, if you want to build your reputation build your network so that, that the next the next team are going to approach you rather than so saving you, you a bit of work in the in the marketing side that you're they're approaching you rather than you approaching them
1: it has a lot to do with trust and credibility right mm-hmm. and every every platform i think the the, the market is big enough, the world is big enough. Every platform will find their niche and, will, and that's good, right? Every, every car brand has their target group. Every, every, um, every, every, I don't know, TV station, Netflix, everyone's got their, the specific niche that they, that they can cater to. And, well, it's, it's, it's not that, that our phone lines are now ringing every day, and, but they, it builds trust and, and credibility. And I think what is the biggest problem for Ridesouls at the moment? There's a new technology. They're probably being approached every day by numerous, numerous different platforms, but even numerous different approaches on how to mint NFTs, what to do, what the collection is, what they need to do, and everyone tells them what they need to do. So they're usually taking a step back and looking at what they always do is who has done it. What is a good example? What is a bad example? And also who's surviving, who's surviving the bubble, who's surviving the hype, right? And that's why as at FanZone, we we also try to emphasize, listen, we're we're a German company. We're out of Europe. We understand European football. We understand European sports. We're backed by Porsche. We try to tell them we're going to be there next year. We're here for the, for the long game. This is not a sprint. The NFT game is a marathon. And yes, there will probably be a lot of right soldiers making crazy money at the moment. But this is a, a marathon that, that will continue forever, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, know it is' it's certainly interesting. so what you do need to do is um, what my understanding of like um, back in in England and, and thinking in in Germany as well, at football games, you used to get a physical match ticket and you'd also buy a physical program, a pre-game magazine. So I guess the the market for an NFT is because TV uh, a match ticket, that's just a, a barcode on your phone now. so to prove to your friends in forty years' time you're at that famous game for your team you show them the nft you bought from that game that is um i guess the the end goal to get people into that mindset that to prove you're at a game you bought the nft of the game is is that you bought
1: the nft of the game maybe maybe if you buy a specific ticket you directly get the highlights of, as an nft mm-hmm. uh, into your That's wallet straight yeah. after maybe maybe mm-hmm. you get the i don't know yesterday cristiano ronaldo scored the last minute winner for, for man united maybe if if you're in if you're in that on that stand on that side of the, of Old Trafford, then maybe you get the, the photo that was taken from the photographer right below you. Maybe that's the experience that because, and this is what I love. We're not, we're not, we're not taking, taking the true things that are great about sports. We're not taking away the emotions. We're adding, we're adding emotion. And I know that all of us remember the first time they were in the stadium. We all of us have this great one moment that we remember that, um, Maybe maybe for, for the, I don't know, the English rugby fan, I don't know, that he got, uh, he got up early with his dad in the 2003 World Cup, for example, and that he remembers that. Or um, for German women's football fans, they remember the, the World Cup win in 2007. And we all have that, that, that memory. And if we, if we can have that digitally and show it around, and not only physically in a, in a shoebox somewhere in the back of our... Of, of our wardrobe, where some of us record record podcasts, um, <laughs> it's, and we can show it, and now, coming back to universal profiles, we can display it. Our generation, the Instagram generation, loves to display the, their lives. Why not display your NFT tickets? Why not display your NFT memories of sports?
0: Yes, yeah, so rather than putting on the on the fireplace at home, the, the, the scarf you bought from a certain game, you show online, look at my profile on fan zones. these are the. 10 matches i saw this year these are the 10 nfts related to them to those matches
1: i think and there's about 100 things that i'm not thinking of right now that we will see in 10 10 years time one of the great things that luxo does is they're creating universal profiles that means that ultimately all of the nfts that are that are connected to the luxo blockchain ecosystem will will be available for everyone to see if you as a user share them right um That means that, let's take one of our examples. Let's take uh, one of the German Football Federation, the women's team that we've got on our platform. So let's say we we and the German Football Federation are the creators. So in the universal profile, you could click on, let's say, one of the main strikers, the captain, Alexander Popp. You could click on her and you would see all of her NFTs. But you could also see what part of collection that is from. And you could click on the German Football Federation women's team. And then you could also click on the season maybe that's from. And then maybe from the original content creator, that's FanZone. That's that's a game changer. That's brilliant because it's decentralized on the blockchain. No one owns this content. Anyone that is able to, to write an HTML description can do that. From a user perspective, and and I'm... I'm a good example because I'm, I'm stupid enough to not understand this, right? <laughs> from a user perspective, it looks like a, a boring MySpace from 2005. Because the front end is not, is not the amazing thing here. It's, it's the back end that's amazing. It's the decentralized profiles that's amazing. Because it's on the blockchain. Everyone has access to it. Everyone can see it. It's 100% transparent. And then in the next step, everything could be tradable. Everything could have a price tag every everything could be traded at any time.
0: yeah, so it's pretty interesting that an nft bought in one one place that such as fanzone can be displayed elsewhere, like you've been to the stadium, you can put your different scarves from the different matches up on your mantelpiece, and you can use these universal profiles to show your digital collectibles in the same place, just just like you would would do would do normally uh, so we also caught up with Fran Wild this week who is amongst other things in charge of the PR and communications at MotoGP and she explained from the sport from the rights holders perspective how they are hoping to use NFTs to engage with their fans. I
4: think it's obviously something that's super popular now um, and with anything like this Especially a company like Dorna, where, like I said, that 360 event management philosophy, genuinely, it's not just sort of, we own the TV rights and we will sell you them for this price. It's extremely hands-on with so many different things. And that includes the commercial and marketing aspects of it as well. So with things like this, of course, when there is kind of this surge forward in interest from fans and from like the business world as a whole, Um, you always want to be surfing that wave rather than trying to chase it. Um, So I think certainly that's one of those things, like I said, there's a lot of crypto popping up in different places now. Um, But to start with the FAN token as well, because we also have NFTs that we launched a little bit earlier uh, with Animoca Brands, that was the partner there. But the FAN token certainly is kind of the first of its kind um, from a championship such as MotoGP. So quite an exciting one.
2: Okay, so I kind of, I, I lost the thread a little bit then, I guess. Um, I thought the, the two were the same. So you've got an NFT and an official fan token.
4: Yeah, it's the Animoca Brands is the partner doing the NFTs. I think it's on the Flow blockchain, uh, which are sort of based more around collectibles of riders and teams. Um, okay. And then we also have, yeah, the MotoGP fan token itself, which is obviously the cryptocurrency. And then are the cryptocurrency trading partner of the championship.
2: So obviously the big thing for this is what does it mean for the fans? It's all good and well, a competition having a fan token or NFT, but it, nothing happens unless the fans buy into them. So what what does it offer the fans? What does it mean for the fans?
4: Well, it's pretty cool, I think, with seeing how quickly they sold as well. So there's obviously a lot of fan interest. And with cryptocurrency being such a kind of, I don't know what else to call it other than like a big deal, uh, but there's probably a better, more technical (laughs) term. Uh, But it is obviously such a kind of key thing for so many businesses and brands at the moment. I'm sure it will continue to be in the future. Um, I think we saw as well, which country was it? In Central America, I think, started using bitcoin as official currency recently yeah um so i can't tell it's you which really one it was of, but... i can't remember either very sorry to whichever nation and there, it. there
2: are some companies as well that will accept bitcoin payments and exactly. things Exactly.
4: so it's like you know really gaining some traction um and yeah i think so obviously giving fans the opportunity to kind of maybe dabble in that if they haven't before but also with a brand that they know and they can trust and that they love as well because obviously the value once they're all sold and then kind of it's open to buy and sell them and that depends on fan interest and having seen how high it is already as well it should be an interesting one once they are able to do that
2: yeah definitely Uh, and then I just want to know you as a sports fan, as a sports uh, broadcaster, press officer, everything that you do, what are your kind of thoughts on on this wave of fan tokens and NFTs that that are being launched uh, across the entire sector, really? Like there's a lot of competitions now that are connected with a token or another. There is.
4: I think I like the competitive element, especially, like I think it will be interesting in the future. As we said, McLaren are a partner of Bichy. Be interesting if you have all the teams within a competition have their separate kind of ones uh, to add to that competitive edge. But in terms of championships and stuff, I think it is important for every sport or brand to retain and build on their relevance always. And that may not always be exactly what the original kind of soul of that brand was because the world moves so quickly and being relevant doesn't have to be being kind of superficial or anything negative at all but it's important to always take stock of everything that you're competing with to get people's attention which is obviously the way that you kind of survive as anything as a sport or a TV show or anything at all. And if no one's watching you then you're gonna not exist very long. Uh, so I think it's important to follow that and I think it's also quite cool when you do give fans like something extra that they can interact with the sport with you know if they first of all if it's people who can't come to an event or to a race in our case for any reason or if it's people that don't want to buy a t-shirt or do xyz if their interest is already in that area and it's something they love then it's another avenue for them to still be able to connect with the sport as well.
2: Yeah, nice. That's that's a, a really, I think, nice rounding up of, of uh, yeah, what well, that those coins and NFTs mean to the to sports and to fans. Yeah, and I think I that's- think
4: it can be quite cool because one thing for me certainly, I'm not big into it in my personal life, but I do get a lot of the attraction in some ways because I do like kind of having things and collecting them, but I don't like having physical copies or things that I can't physically NFTs are perfect for you then. I know, this is a problem. It's like I had so many CDs when I was a teenager, and now it's actually a miracle that I can just hold all of that music in my hands. So, um, I mean, I get that, but I think it's an interesting and quite a scary world at times, Uh, but certainly it's something that should be expected of any brand or sport that's kind of really paying attention to the world, given how big it is at the moment.
2: Yeah, I saw something recently actually that said NFTs are the answer to the avid collector whose wife or husband say, where are you going to put all this stuff? And that was
4: kind of... This is true. (laughs) This is true. But yeah, obviously it does fall down with some things. I've seen some rather extreme takes online as well, where you're like, well, the real thing is no different to the NFT version because this, this, this. And it's like, that's not really true if it's, for example, a piano. Because the value you get from something like that is from your physical interaction with it. But it is an interesting one, certainly. Um, I guess it depends what you like. But yeah, for those collectors who maybe don't have 70 spare rooms, also an extra prayer answered.
2: And even if you're not a collector, it's, it's having a stake in something that you believe in and love.
4: Exactly, yeah. It's kind of putting your power behind something that you like. Um, and then whatever it is that you do like and support, obviously they gain from that. So it's a, it's another nice kind of thing. Yeah, because I think it's easy to sound quite cold with a lot of things in business and sport, especially because sport is a business, but it is also something more than a standard Wall Street checks and balances kind of business, because there is genuine passion from the vast majority of people who work in it. A lot of people who own teams, championships, everything else, like they do so for a reason. Um, So I think, yeah, I think that part of it is nice as well to kind of, yeah, make that bond a little bit stronger and kind of put your value behind their value.
2: Nice. That's really good. Uh, I want to just go back to the comment you said about the competitiveness.
4: (coughs) Feel free.
2: um, You said about like different teams competing and the value of the currency sort of changing. Is that kind of what you were getting at?
4: Kind of, yeah. It could be an interesting one. I'm not sure in what way, but certainly so, because it's a little bit different within MetaGP. Obviously, it's the championship. Whereas in Formula One, um, it's been teams as well.
2: So yeah, um, so there are Formula One teams with with socios as well. I think, which is a another fan token platform or, or currency. Um, but they have a lot of uh, big football teams. They've got Manchester City. They've got, I think they've got Paris Saint Germain. They've got Barcelona. They've got. Uh, I can't remember any more of them, but a lot of the really big teams that are competing on the European stage are with Socios and they have their own exchange. And and you could see as one team was doing, you know, better in the competition or one team got knocked out, the the kind of sell-off of those tokens and obviously the knock-on effect on the value of them did kind of go in line with the competition. And that was quite interesting to watch as well.
4: I think it is interesting. It's also interesting because it's not just like stocks and shares. Um, And it's kind of a way to kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say play at it because that's not what it is because it's equally as serious. It's still Um, real money. Yeah, but it's its own kind of specific space where you can your interest is solely in the tokens that you have um, rather than kind of on a wider scale, really, if you are talking about sports teams and things like that.
2: And I think that the barriers to access are kind of seemingly lower. Um, although oh, yeah, this is maybe a- not in reality actually but it does seem like anyone could sign up and start trading fan tokens I think
4: it is pretty easy but I think as well because so many like people of our age uh, have images of like the generation behind us um, but I think they are like I still remember life when the internet was dial up and you had to wait and be patient and listen to the little song it would play you before it would load a page for two and a half minutes
2: i hope that nobody um, closed your house whilst you were surfing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible family emergency because nope, I'm going to look at this one page for seven hours. Um, but yeah, so obviously we have the benefit of that, plus the benefit of having been a good age group to kind of move along as the world has, but people who are coming behind us as well, I think, you're going to naturally have more of an affinity for things like cryptocurrency where it doesn't seem like something that's alien to you or a different world. Whereas maybe stocks and shares and that kind of very 80s Reagan era Wall Street thing Wall Street thing that I think a lot of people can think of initially, that's a completely different world to probably your reality, which is like Instagram, TikTok, the internet, and everything's online.
2: Yeah, and never having owned... CDs or physical music or physical or DVDs it's or, you now. know, right. it's, yeah, yeah everything's everything's virtual.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's that? true, actually. I'd not thought about that angle before. Yeah, they already used that everything being quite virtual, so it's no different in their minds, maybe.
2: Do you think that's the next step for MotoGP, then, is that each team will get their own fan token? Sort of Raxal Honda will launch know. theirs, KTM be... will launch another one.
4: I'm sure it'd be interesting to see. Because um, that's I'm happened in Formula sure. One. I mean, obviously, Yeah, exactly. And we saw, obviously, the MotoGP branded fan token was such a huge success as well. It sold out so quickly Um, because I was refreshing that from my office in Austria, (laughs) just watching it. I was like, I'm quite impressed here. It's really going quickly. So, yeah, maybe we will convince them to, uh, to follow it as well. Am I
2: right thinking they started at 30 cents, the MotoGP fan token?
4: Um, I think so. Euros, yeah.
2: 30, 30 European cents. I, I vaguely remember seeing that in the, the article.
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't remember now. I don't know. This, this is one of those problems where you have conversations with people before <laughs> you publish a thing and you're like, which part of it was the truth that was written down and published and which part was part of the Kind of behind the scenes chat beforehand, but yeah, I think they were thirty cents. It's certainly super affordable as well. You know, yeah. it's not like yeah, one MotoGP fan token is going to set you back an entire day at work. It's something where everyone can get a foot in the door.
2: And that that again is that kind of the the barriers being low to you know for people to get involved. Yeah, you know, of- for a couple of euros, you can get yourself a handful of MotoGP bitchy fan tokens.
4: Exactly, and then uh, the world is your oyster potentially (laughs) I was like (laughs) I don't know what else phrase to use that doesn't make me sound like I'm 60 but more or less
2: (laughs) that's great thank you very much Fran for coming on and talking about the MotoGP fan token I think that's been really interesting to have that kind of perspective from a sport so
4: you're very welcome
2: so that's that's really interesting uh, about the the difference between the NFTs and and the fan tokens which is I know we discussed in the in the first part, but you know it's it's good to go back to that, and and interesting how quickly they sold out. You know, there's these such passionate fan bases, um, and and it's like like Philip said, building the community around the NFTs and the fan tokens, uh, is is certainly the way to move forward and getting these kind of invested members, not not only as fans of the sport but as fans of of that side of it as well. Yeah, I mean, Shall we shows... Back? sorry it just shows
0: it just shows, shows the you no know, sorry it shows, shows the yeah the, the potential like you say that if we we're doing these podcasts to, to educate ourselves and hopefully some of you guys listening on nfts but the market must already be there if moto MotoGP is selling out so quickly yeah and we're talking about these are major sports you know these aren't um uh, niche
2: or hidden away sports and 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 they're not even the biggest sports in the world like football is football is Without a doubt, I think the biggest sport in the world or soccer or, but, but you know, it's, it's becoming mainstream very quickly. You know, this time last year, I'd never heard of NFTs at all. And I'm, I'm not even sure six months ago I'd heard of NFTs. No. So I think maybe that's a good opportunity there. Now we kind of, we've got this picture, we've, we've seen some cases. Uh, it's to go back to Philip and he can give us our lesson for uh, episode five. Part two of uh, what are fan tokens and NFTs?
1: It's important to look at the project. What is it? What is it that that is behind the project? What is behind the NFT project? Is it just someone that tries to get rich, or is there something valuable behind it? Is the blockchain valuable? Is the project valuable? Is the community valuable? Is there something? Is there something be, behind behind the NFT? I think what people need to start looking for, and this is the most important buzzword to me, is utility. What can I do with my NFT? And that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. Get out there, get crazy, get, get into the game. Look at it. Look, look at different platforms. Look at different marketplaces. Take a look at uh, what, what's happening. How does it work? What do I need to do? Yeah, it's, the NFT game is not about being rich or having a lot of money in your, in your Ethereum wallet. In our platform, and this is also what we believe in, you can, you can buy your, your cheapest pack for €4.99, right? It's, you could be lucky, and there could be an amazing scarce and rare NFT in there, but that's, I think that's like my, my final words that I think get in the game. Get a touch and feel. Look at it. Take a look. Do not neglect it because you don't understand blo- blockchain as a, as a take on. I don't, I don't truly understand. I don't truly understand what's behind it but I can see the value of it of, of what is it that we can use it
2: sure and if, if you know 499 for your first pack the barriers are pretty low yeah
1: I think and that's the that's that's our niche we, we we want to give it to the average fan we want to to make it happen to the student to 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 the the, the normal person I I could I could buy 499 I could buy it other mm. platforms the barriers are higher and that's okay different target group different niche fair enough right? There's not there's not the one way to do it. We're talking about content here. Content can be used in, in multiple different ways.
0: Great. So, Philip, um, thank you very much for your time this morning. So, the see the title, perhaps, of our podcast, it's 21 for 21. So, lessons about sport and media. Uh, I've, I guess, is there any one sentence you'd like to give as a, a, a lesson about, about NFTs for, for the next few years? I know you've you've been been so so helpful so far. now uh, you've been giving us a thirty five minute <laughs> no. lesson. But uh, is there any what <laughs> one what one, one sentence that we can summarize it? I'm convinced.
2: It up? I'm convinced. I, I, I started re- like researching this podcast, and I thought NFTs, like I, I I started to understand it, but I didn't kind of get it. And I was sort of like, why you know why would I go in for this? And now having spoke to uh, to Joe at Nice, how I spoke to yourself, Philip, uh, we spoke to MotoGP about their NFTs and. The more I kind of have these conversations with people, the more I'm sort of like, huh, maybe, you know, maybe there is something here. There is something that that's grabbing my attention.
1: And this is, this is like my, my key takeaway from since, yeah, from day one, when, when I started thinking about NFTs is this will not go away again, right? This will stay. Yes, maybe the bubble will burst. And that's good. Look at the dot-com bubble that burst. That's good that it burst. And then the the, the good people, the good business can make can make good business models. So that's, that's my key takeaway one. And the other one is don't go exclusive. It doesn't make sense to give out exclusive licenses. It doesn't make sense to give – as a rights holder, you don't give out exclusive social media licenses. You don't do that. That doesn't make sense. The technology is way too young. Right. Look at there's, there's There's so much potential out there. And that's that's what I would do. And from a user perspective. Again, get in the game. Let's look at what's happening. And then if, if you're an art fan, get into art. If you're if you're a sports fan, get into sports. If you, if you like fencing, look at if there's any fencing NFT projects out there. If you like women's sports, come to FanZone. Like that's something <laughs> that we're pushing. Right. Which I think is, is highly important. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my key takeaway.
0: So, thanks very much for listening. Thank you for the lesson, Philip Harold from FanZone Media. Thank you, Joe Downey, again from NiceHash and Fran Wild from MotoGP. Thank you for you guys at home or on the bus or on the train or on the beach or whatever it is you're, you're listening. Like and subscribe, and we hope to see you again.
4: Sports Social Podcast Network.